Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Friday. I hope you have had the most amazing week. I know with it being Friday and we're in the holiday season, I'm quite sure you have been worked, maybe a little overworked, but I hope not overstressed. If this is your first time tuning in with Conversations with Toy, welcome. I am so happy to have you here. This is a safe space to talk about mental health and self-care. I also will talk about the things that happen on these internet streets and anything that I feel like we need to discuss to help us build us up in any type of way or to have a conversation that we need to discuss so we can get down to the bottom of things. I am Toy, the podcaster, but I'm also a content creator and a blogger. And I've been in this space for a little bit time now. I completely enjoy it. That's why I keep doing it. And I have this vision. I've always had this vision of taking like my my blog and turning it into a podcast. And that's why this is called a blog cast. So welcome and thank you for joining us. I'm hoping that whatever you are doing versus, you know, working out, maybe you're just sitting and relaxing, reading a good book, whatever the case, thank you for tuning in. So we do have a lot to talk about. So let's get right into it. First of all, last Friday, I talked about seeing the Beyonce movie and specifically about people talking about her lighting her skin, which we all know does not make sense. And we know she did not do. So then I went to the actual movie and I will say this. Yes, one, I am a Beyonce fan. And no, you don't have to be a Beyonce fan to see this movie. I took one of my besties to see it. She's not like she's not a part of the beehive but when she went she was absolutely amazed because how could you not first and foremost just like you've heard everyone talk about you know being discriminatory against black women or having to go the extra uh, route to get to believe to have to just believe black women to be respected in the game and Beyonce Beyonce Giselle Carter knows I mean yeah knows Carter she talked about wanting a certain lens on a camera and they told her we don't there that doesn't exist she googled it and was like it does and i want it let's get it how ridiculous is that i mean something and that's not even a small feat this camera was like astronomical but the point of it is is that she had to go through all these hoops and uh, challenges literally to get this camera lens that she wanted and how do you tell somebody that it doesn't even exist Without doing your research, if Beyonce came and asked me something and I didn't know the answer, it's called look it up, right? We would do it for any of our other bosses, right? And Beyonce is the actual boss. It's her tour. She's the one that's headlining. Why would this not be a, a request that you would look into? And there were other incidents where she had to basically be more assertive and be like, no, this is what I want. And I looked at it from the part of work ethic. I was amazed by the work ethic when you see everything come together of how many people it took to build these stages at each location, how they were sending parts of stages after certain uh, songs and things were done and sending parts of the set to this next city. That's not always as easy as, as you think. 
And to think about how when they did it from overseas and they had to come build it here in the United States and then just all of these different parts and angles that made that concert, all of the amazing women that were on, you know, backstage and doing all the thing. And Beyonce just was brilliant, brilliant at what she does. And so I encourage those who did not see it as of yet to go and check it out. Give it a look. Go look at it. Look at it because I think it's empowering. My part that got to me as a mother was the part about Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy having one of her friends show her some of the comments that these raggedy adults. Now I say raggedy adults and I stand 1000% by that. Not because of being a Beyonce fan, but as a parent. We talk about our kids bullying other kids all the time. We talk about some of the precious babies that have left this earth. Think about the kids who have taken their lives. Some of them not even 10 years old because of bullying from children. Okay. And then you have adults that do the same thing to a child. Like back in the day, children used to be off limits. It used to be off limits. I had one family member and I still don't talk to this family member and I probably will not literally cross the line with me when it came to my kids to make his point. So he was making a point, going off the deep end, making a point, making a point, making a point. Then he crossed over to that habitual line stepper and crossed over into talking about my kids. And, And our relationship has never recovered and probably will not because kids should always be off limits. You can make any statement that you want. You can make any argument that you want, but you don't talk about mamas and you don't talk about children, but mamas can hold their own and children cannot. And for that, our relationship probably will not, um, it will probably never take off any further than where it is right now. It's not even, I haven't even said hire by. It's just like, Hmm, you know what I mean? Like it's done because when you talk about folks, kids, listen, that's not what we do here. And so when I think about the fact that kids have taken their lives because other children have broken them from the comments that they said, it infuriates me that we don't understand that. And we have adults doing the same thing. So how can we tell children not to do these things? If we have adults doing it, how can we tell kids to stop bullying other kids when the adults are doing it? She read those comments and I feel bad that she had to read that from adults sitting on their behind their computers, being gangster on their computers, typing stuff that they can't even would never say to her face. You would never say to her mother's face. You would even get the opportunity to be in her space. So you're complaining about a kid that you thought wasn't popping on stage because you felt like there's other people who could have done better or you felt like she just wasn't doing enough. Her mother is literally one of the greatest musicians of our time. She's going to be all right and you are not, but you're behind a computer screen and talking about a child. It really was this infuriating to me that fact that she had to see that. I really wish that somehow that could have, you know, stopped it, but we know this world is, is how it is. No matter if your kids are on social media or not, you're not going to stop them from seeing certain things on social media. So the fact that she persevered is great, but why should she have to go through all that because of a raggedy adults and any adult that has a comment like this on the internet, it's not about having an opinion, right? You can say, oh, I just didn't like her dancing. I don't have to like her just because she's Beyonce's child. That's not what I'm saying. But again, when Are we going to go back to kids being off limits? When we used to, I was growing up in church and kids would get on that mic and sing. Child, half them babies couldn't sing. Half them children couldn't sing. Couldn't barely hold a note. But you just smiled and said, go on, baby. Sing for for Jesus. Sing for Jesus, baby. Because you encourage kids. You don't discourage them. Whether they're good, whether they're the bomb, you encourage children. I need us to get back to that place. Get back to that where we respect children and we talk right 
or to children and we act like we got some sense around these babies, right? I need us to get to that. Tap, tap into that. I need you to tap on in to that. So go see the movie. And uh, it's a beautiful movie. I just, I'm just want you to go see it for yourself and make your own judgments. Diddy has been hit with a fourth lawsuit. I, I, I had to count it when I saw the thing. It came up on my phone on CNN. I had the CNN um, breaking news that comes in over like Twitter. So I'm on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call this new spot. But I've been on there and a lot of times I'll set things to like pop up on my phone. CNN breaking news is one of those. And so when it came on my phone, I said, wait, are we talking? I had to look at the time and date. I'm like, wait, 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 what, what, what are we talking about here? And yes, we are definitely talking about a fourth case, a fourth woman that is accusing Diddy of hor- horrendous things. Um, at this point, you know, he made a statement saying enough is enough and he didn't do it and everything's about a money grab. Um, I, I just don't believe him. I don't believe him. Honestly, I believe a lot of people, including like the Aaron Halls of the world and all these other people that are getting God at this point, I feel like it's just a day of reckoning. And I feel, honestly, I feel like it's going to be more cases that's going to unfold, not just with Diddy, which could be still Diddy, but it's just going to unfold period. And what it does, it does. I mean, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what people are going to be thinking is going to happen, but at this point, whatever happens, happens. And so it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. I can't wait to see what happens. The fourth case um, has the same lawyer as Cassie. So we shall see what's going to happen. I think he's going to end up trying to pay a couple of folks off to try to get this from going to court. But again, time will t- will be able to tell. And since we're on talking about people who are talking about people, um, Jason Lee, and you may not even know him. You probably like Jason who, <laughs> okay. It's fine with me. His name is Jason Lee. He is the owner of Hollywood unlocked. It is basically a blog, um, channel. That's more literally about current events. Um, things that are happening, happening mostly in the black and brown communities, um, or, you know, news breaking things that take place. So the issue is, is that Jason Lee, made a comment calling Jennifer Hudson illiterate. And he was like, we all know that she's illiterate and blah, blah, blah. Now, Jennifer Hudson is has the EGOT. She's an EGOT, okay? And she is a beautiful, acclaimed woman in all of her rights. Now, what frustrated me, I believe he said this on the Breakfast Club amongst Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God and DJ Envy. Again, we keep saying this and it's, and, and please hear me when I say this, nobody should be saying ignorant things, one that are not true. If you don't like Jennifer, uh, Jennifer uh, Hudson, that's fine. But to just call her illiterate, like you're talking about her, her intellect, you're talking about how smart or dumb you believe she is. You called this woman illiterate saying basically illiterate means you can't read. I don't know what Jason Lee's problem is, but he got on a platform that's for specifically for black and brown people and discredit and, and call Jennifer Hudson an ignorant derogatory name, in my opinion, for no reason. And these two individual men sat there, kikiing it up, laughing, and not one person like came to her defense. Not one person spoke up against it. And Jason, of course, is facing back backlash about it, but he's like, I'm not, I don't care. I said what I said. Okay, sir. <laughs> okay. So this is the thing. If there was a real cancel culture, I would 100% believe in it. 
but we don't have one we have the talk of the week we have the frustration of the moment and then these people continue just like the jason leads of the world will continue to go on these other platforms and his own and continue to thrive continue to thrive if we really felt as strong as we felt about this comment specifically to a black woman it should have never been said we should all well not all because i'm not following but we should make sure that you don't follow his platform start disengaging pull them numbers back pull those numbers back right stop engaging in his blog don't read his things don't don't pull it back but because we are frustrated of, of the of for the moment and we have these these issues of the week we don't follow through and this is why cancel con uh, cancel culture doesn't always work it doesn't get a follow-through that's the problem does do we need it absolutely do we do need it but then do we follow through no so next week when everybody is over the fact that he said this thing and yet brings black and brown people on his show to get to again to get the exclusive to get recognized by the exclusives to get his numbers up and use that to have advertisers and things pay for his his livelihood he's going to continue as business as usual and this is the same problem that happens with all of these issues that we talk about we talk about them we're frustrated for a week by next week we done moved on to the newest frustration Look at Kiki Palmer. Everybody was like, Kiki Palmer, oh my gosh, she got her baby daddy's trying to hit her, and now we've moved on. But Kiki Palmer is still yet dealing with these issues. So again, all I want to say is, I wish that we could have a true cancel culture, but we can't. We can't, because there is literally no follow-through. Literally. And sadly, we had an active shooter situation in Las Vegas at the University of Nevada, and... The gunman shot four people, killing three of them. And his unfortunate name is Anthony Polito. And he did it because he was rejected from a job. <sighs> so I personally went to a, uh, I don't want to say training for shooting, but more like a precautionary, like safety training about uh, active shooters. So it was active shooter training. I couldn't figure out the name in my head, but it was active shooters um, training. And a lot of things that I learned in there is that oftentimes one, it's usually white males that are the per, per, uh, per, per people that shoot. There's been one female um, active shooter, only one, and most of them are white male. And a lot of times it's happening at jobs. A lot of them, if you remember in the news, it was like at Walmarts and different things like that. Um, it's usually at one it's been a lot of walmarts i don't know why that is i believe because walmarts have so many people and i'm not telling you and this is not saying that walmarts are not safe that's not what i'm trying to um push i'm just telling you this what i know from the stats that i saw from the from the training so a lot of them occurred at a walmart or some other grocery store or some type of setting where there are a lot of people and or at jobs where people have are being let go or or having an issue with somebody at the job or some type of lover's quarrel or something and it's usually around those types of things my heart goes out to the to the all four of the victims including the you know and especially for the three that lost their lives because imagine going to work imagine going to school and doing what you're supposed to do and getting shot or killed just because you happen to be at work or you just happen to be at school Thankfully, none of the students were injured or shot at, but it's still a sad situation. 
to even be on a campus and know that there was an active shooter because that just re continues to let you know that at any time you could lose your life and you could just be at work. You could just be at the grocery store, you know, trying to prepare for the holidays or whatever the case may be. So all I say is that, you know, always look around your surroundings. Um, just pay attention to things. A lot of times the people are usually walking around us and amongst us trying to uh, navigate and they look out and see like what's happening. When we saw one of the shootings we did, when we saw the video of it, the guy went into the Walmart and he kind of like cased the, cased, cased the place. He wanted to see if there was enough people in there so that he could cause as much havoc as possible. And unfortunately, that's somehow, that's how some people's minds think. They want to cause as much damage as possible. And it's just, it's sad that people would get to the point in their life where this would become their reality. Like this is the, this is what they go out and seek themselves out to do. And the last story that we'll talk about when it comes to these internet streets is the movie, The Color Purple. I saw it this week. I can't remember the day, but I saw it this week and I was blown away. Now, when I saw the original, I guess the original movie, I was a child when I saw it. And there was parts that my parents, you know, did the whole cover your eyes up because I was small, like I was a kid. And you know, you see it and you just kind of be like, you know, okay, I've seen it. And it was, it didn't take real significance to me. I'm sorry. As a kid, I just didn't understand it. And, and I don't really think my parents sat down and we had discussions about it. So I, I just know for the culture, I know I saw it. Like, I can't be one of those kids that's like, I never saw it. Like I saw the movie and I just, you know, I know I saw it. And I know the parts that we know about it and the parts that we talk about when we were watching it and everybody knows them, them some of the fam most famous lines, right? However, I saw it again this week, the the real one, the, not the real one. I should not say the real one, the newest one. And when I saw it this time as an adult, it absolutely made more sense to me. And there were so many parts that got me, but I was in there ugly crying and was not I did not anticipate that like I thought there would be moments when I would be like oh my gosh you know so you know for the culture like I would just feel so an uh, awe but I was in there ugly crying do you hear me ugly crying like my girl Whitney and my girl Kira was there and Whitney had to give me tissue like I literally was like overcome with emotion and didn't even realize it I'm trying not to even go there now so there's a part you know obviously where there's several parts, but where, you know, when S Sophia is telling Celie about how she appreciated her, the sisterhood and just being there and making sure that she covered her when she had, when Sophia went to jail and how she appreciated it. And I was beyond, beyond emotion. Now I have a sister. I also have a brother, but I have a sister and a lot of people, mostly people in my family, which is amazing to me. It's always like that. Right? So a lot of people in my family, me and my sister have these two dynamics. First of all, we're twins. And a lot of people, if they would try to compare us as twins, which I feel I've always been against to stop comparing kids because there's, you know, I just feel it's just a horrible thing. And as kids, we just were two different types of people. 
you know, and we had two different personalities, two different ways of handling things, two different ways of looking at things. And so a lot of people would look to her and make it seem as if she was, I don't know, like she was beneath me and she wasn't. She is actually my older sister. I am the, the younger twin, right? She's actually older than me. And so because of this dynamic and different dynamics, I feel again, just the people in my family that would try to pin us against each other. But what they don't understand is that first and foremost, if any argument that me and my sister has had, it's because there's been whatever dynamic between the two of us. I've never allowed any other dynamic to come in between us. I have never allowed anything that people have said enter into the conversation where I deal with my own sister because that's my sister. When we were growing up, my mother told us very clearly because we were twins, we were each other's best friends. And that at the end of the day, we had to be there for each other. And I took that extremely serious. Now, my sister does lean into me a little bit more and I'm, and it's fine with me. I'm okay with that. Um, but I was watching this moment. And I was thinking about my own sister and I'm like, what if my sister needed me? What would I have done? And I'm going to tell you what I would have done. The same thing I've done since we were little girls. I'm squaring up and I'm showing up. No questions asked. When my sister has needed me for money, when my sister has needed me for certain things, I've, show, I've shown up every single time. When my sister has even done things that have not been favorable in, for me and has, in my opinion, done things that were against me, I definitely express myself to her and anyone who asked me and I would go and say what I had to say about it, but I've never left my sister and never not been there for her. Never. My sister needed me when she had this major surgery and I literally had to take care of her and her daughter. And I don't say this to pat myself on the back. I am telling you this because. I will ride for my twin. And when she needed me, I didn't hesitate. She was already living with me. And even if she wasn't, I would have probably would have brought her to my house. But I did not mind taking care of her in every sense of the word. I'm talking about helping her get in the shower, wash her, whatever I needed to do, I'm going to do. But that moment in that movie when when that Sophia was talking to Celie, I broke. Because we all need someone that is in our corner. We do. We all need that. And for me, I'm going to ride for my sister. I'm not going to uphold the stuff that she does that's not okay. And me and her have gotten into our debates. We've had our little divisions here and there. But I'm telling you right now, even in the midst of an argument, even in the midst of an argument, if my sister needed me, I'm there. I'm there. And so I need y'all to go see this movie. When I tell you that the flood of emotion is going to be there in, in several different parts, because there was other parts I cried. I just did ugly cry and just only ugly cried at that part. And you know what I did after the movie? Who was the first person I called? My sister. <laughs> it was my sister. Um, but in this movie, I need y'all to understand, first and foremost, first and foremost, when you go to the movie, be there on time. Get there. I know it's coming out Christmas. I know you're going to be opening gifts, but get your tickets early. Get them early. Get to the movie theater. You can open up gifts early and end your evening at uh, Color Purple or go the weekend or and it's not the weekend, I guess. Christmas is on Monday. Just go. Flood it out, right? But get there early so you can get all your things. 
and be prepared. Listen, I've never seen black people show up on time for a movie like I saw them show up for the premiere that we went to. I was absolutely amazed. And so I'm telling you right now, get there, get there on time so you can get your things, get yourself settled and get ready for what you need to do. Also be aware, there are going to be those key parts that people are going to say while the people in the movie are saying it. Just accept it. Just accept it. These are iconic moments that are shaping our own culture. We know the mo- we know the points. We know the moments. So go ahead and accept it that people are going to speak on those parts. There has been times where in parts of the movie we were clapping. There were parts of the movie where women and us were just like, mm, 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 nope, absolutely not, absolutely not. And there's even a song called Hell No, nah, and you will love it. I'm telling you, trust me when I say. You got to go see it. I don't care what race you are. I need you all to go see this movie. This movie is absolutely phenomenal. It is about sisterhood. It's about uh, redemption. It's about uh, perseverance. It's about making something out of nothing. And then when Sisters United, my God, again, another moment. So I need you to go see this movie. I saw it. I probably, I'm not even going to say probably. Let's scratch that. I am going to go see this again. I'm going to spend my coin. You know, I saw it for a premiere. Obviously, it was free. I didn't have to pay for anything the first time. I saw it so I can review it and all the things. But when I tell you that I'm going to go spend my own coin, and I'm talking about I'm going to go spend the coin. Like, I'm going to get the popcorn. I'm getting all the soda. Large me up. I'm getting all the things. I mean, all the things. Like, give me my large. Give me my candy. Give me my popcorn. Give me the things. We all sitting down. I'm taking off people in my family. So, we're going in five square deep. We spending some money. I want to participate in the spending the money to support this film so get your money get your coins get your tickets get your family and your friends go with your girlfriends go with your husband go with your boo go with your enemy like go see this movie i promise you you will not come out saying i don't know why they did this movie this movie sucks i didn't hear not one person say that and you know when you're in the theater that i was in was a bunch of black folks i didn't hear nobody say nothing negative not at all i mean people were just amazed Every last one. So go see that movie. I'm telling you, go see it for yourself. Give your own opinion. But my opinion is staying the same. I'm going to see it again. My husband was like, oh, I was so sad. He wanted to go see it. I said, don't fret. I'm going to get us tickets. Don't worry. Because we are off a couple days around Christmas holiday. Don't worry. I got you. So we are going to go see that. Go support the movie. Let's talk about the days. Um, today being December 8th. It's pretend to be a time traveler day. National Crossword Solvers Day. National Brownie Day and National Salesperson Day. So if that fits you or you celebrate that in some way, that means if you love brownies, make yourself some. If you um, are a crossword solver day, which I am, I have a crossword um, book, a mini book in my purse at all times so that when I'm at an appointment or I'm at something and I need to distract myself or just be in a moment, I have it, I use it. Celebrate. I want to talk about one, today's topic is going to be about mental health, obviously, but I want to talk about, again, if you've been on this podcast for a while, you know that the national holidays or the national days, which are man-made, like whoever makes these things up, God bless. Like they're fun days that we have on this calendar and it's just about celebration. When I started to go into therapy, one of the first things I did was for whatever reason, my, my therapist was like, look, look at the national holiday, like find different ways to celebrate every day. So I then begin to post them on my Facebook, my personal one, and I would be like, today is national blah, blah, blah day, right? And so I would post them on my Facebook page and people would either agree or disagree, which I don't understand. People, when you post something that's informational, it's not about agreeing with it. Like if it's national coffee day and you don't drink coffee, then today is not your day. Tomorrow might be, right? 
keep it pushing. I don't listen. It hurts my spirit when people come on stuff and just have to debate stuff just for the sake of debating. And you know what's beautiful about about me recognizing that is because that used to be me. So that's how I recognize people who do that. Contentious, contentious spirit people will argue about water being wet. I promise you, they will argue about water being wet. I listen. When I was younger, I wanted to be an attorney, right? And who says I can't be one now, but we'll see. But I do know that as even as being somebody who always loved to debate, there's a difference between debating things because the spirit, like I used to be on the debate team, right? There's a difference between being somebody who will debate topics, but being also somebody that's different than being a contentious spirit person. When you are contentious, you argue for the sake of argument. Again, you will argue about water being wet. And I found that when I started posting that people would do that. And honestly, I was like, you know what? I would tell my therapist, I would show my therapist the people and we would talk about it because some of the people were close to me. And I would be like, she was like, that would be for somebody in your circle that you were around, that you felt comfortable being contentious. And this is what bred that type of environment for you and allowed you to be in a negative space and always want to argue things that didn't make sense and be mean spirited for no reason because you were in, you weren't, it was in you and you were around people. You gravitated people who did that. My spirit does not not gravitate towards contentious spirit people i mean i still have some people that are like that but they i don't see them often and i don't cling to them that much and our relationship isn't as close as it was but i don't have the energy for that but i used to be that person i used to be that person and my husband um we would talk about we would talk about this often about how when i was in those those times it's like nothing he did would be would ha- make me happy he tried everything my husband like i said before my husband when i first moved to philadelphia he gave me his uh, debit card, right? And I had my own money. So I had my own card. I had all those things. So I'm not one of them. So that's not it. But he would be like, you know, he's at work all day. I'm at home. Um, some days his mom would be home and then other days she wouldn't be. And I would, you know, have the kids and I would take the kids. Like I had a little schedule with them where I took them to field trips and I, little field trips in a day. You know, I wanted them to get used to like how schools would do. So I would take them to story times and we would go to like Gymboree and do like music time and um, gymnastics. I was that stay at home mom. I was that mom. Right. And so he would be like, here, just keep my debit card in case you need something. Just you don't even have to ask. Just use it. So I had all the access to every dime between the both of us. Right. And he would be like, go, go shopping today, go buy yourself something, go do this, go do that. And I would do it. But because my spirit was so contentious, because I was dealing with all the negativity, because I was dealing with so many layered traumas and different things that I was going through, I would complain all the way. How do you complain while you swipe somebody else's card that you don't have to work for? You just have access to. How do you complain about that? How? But when you realize that sometimes your anger is trying to tell you something, you got to lean into that. A part of my mental health and recognizing things is that when I get frustrated, and it's not even about frustrated because when we all get frustrated, we get we can get angry. But when I'm not cognizant of my mental health, when I've allowed certain things to happen without checking and I've not checked myself, I am cognizant that the anger that comes out of my mouth, that comes out of my spirit is trying to tell me, girl, you need to get it together. Maybe see your therapist, maybe pull back, maybe do your self-care. And I had to realize that. And I believe, honestly, when people talk about black women being angry, honestly, I think black women are struggling with their mental health. But because we have been conditioned, and this is all women, so just don't knock that off right now, but specifically black women who I am a black woman. 
a lot of our mothers and um, grandmothers who would scream and holler and go through all these different things, we don't know what level of trauma they were dealing with. And I still 1000% believe that. I do. Now, I'm not excusing it and ain't going to be no excuses to why you acted and did and abused and hit and all that stuff. That ain't going to excuse it. But I do understand it. A part of my journey of my mental health was recognizing that everybody wasn't telling me the same lie. When people were telling me things about different parts of my character, I would become defensive. And of course, you hold guard yourself. You don't want to see yourself in this negative light. But like I said, I had to come to have a come to Jesus moment where I had to be like, my therapist was like, let's, let's examine that. And so I remember when I first went to therapy, it was because I wanted to talk about what everybody else had done. I was there because so-and-so had said and so-and-so had done and this is and that. But the real reality is that that might have happened, but a lot of it was because there were things that I had to deal with within myself. So yeah, I started off therapy because I wanted to make sure that the people who had done whatever to me, I could then be able to clear my, have a clear conscience. So when I go back to quote unquote deal with them, I would be like, you did this. So yeah, it was for the wrong reasons, but I met myself in the therapist's office multiple times as I unloaded the things that hurt me in the past, as I talked about my anxiety as a kid and didn't even realize that it was anxiety, right? Didn't realize I had high functioning levels of anxiety. I got everything done, but I would be miserable while getting it done and how I couldn't, or I wasn't even in a safe space to tell somebody that would give a damn, sorry to say. Sorry to say my parents, if my parents would not, my parents could not parent, in my opinion, could not parent the way we parent now. I'm not, and then maybe they can now, but back then, no, if I would have went to my mom talking about how stressed I was and all these other things, they'd have been like, all right, well, you better go still get stuff done. Like you, that's not going to excuse for you not to do A, B, and C. Like it just would have been a different situation. And that's not mean spirit and saying that they were these horrible people, but they just wouldn't be able to do it. Not back then. We didn't have the tools back then. We didn't talk about it openly about mental health. Nobody talked about it. I'm telling you right now, because I grew up in a church, they would have said, go pray and tell Jesus about it so he can go help you. Cause if God can't help you, no, I can't help you either. That's what I would have gotten. Go pray about it. And people still get that conversation. Go pray about it. Listen, I believe in prayer. I believe you should pray without fasting, without ceasing, do all those things. But I also know you have to use some common sense because God has already gifted the therapist. Go see a therapist. You can go to prayer. You can go to church. You can do all those things, but you can also do both duality. You can do both. You can do both because there are things that we need to learn about how to cope. People don't know how to cope. This is why you see people have all these mental health outbursts because they don't know how to cope. These things are not going to be able to be prayed away. Now, God wants to come and take them, but then by all means, come and get them. But for the rest of us who deal with these things every single day, you can't simply pray these things off of you. You've got to learn how to live in this world with whatever you have going on in your spirit and your inside and your mind and learn how to work through it so you can be a better person. This is why people talk about, I can't wait to get to heaven. Like I do, I can't, I can't wait to get there too. But I also want to live on a little bit of heaven on this earth too. I don't want to go through hell on, and on earth. I don't want to. 
life shouldn't be so hard that I'm like, oh, I just can't. Why I'm just so sick of this earth. Like we all say, earth is ghetto, right? There was that girl that made that amazing song, Earth is Ghetto. Yes, earth is ghetto, but I want to spend some moments here where I have my mental health and some peace here. I don't want to be struggling on the inside because I can't tell somebody because they won't give a damn. I hold all this in. No. I want to be able to release this. I want to be able to look at myself and love who I see in the mirror because I'm working on me every single day. And that's where I'm at now. I love who I see in the mirror. She has lots of work to do, but she has, I have done such a turn in my life because of the work that I was prepared and still do, still do. You know, people say, you know, you got work, you got to do the work. What is doing the work? It means showing up and taking accountability and doing the actual physical steps to get you where you need to be. That's a part of doing the work. What are you actively doing to be an active participator in your life? To eliminate the things that you know you don't need. If you're the type of person that's going around saying things to children and being rude and ignorant, you can't hide behind the fact that you're a certain age and so that allows you to green light to do it. You can't do it. Because this is the accountability. Look at all the ditties and all the things that's happening. This is accountability. We're no longer accepting, well, we everybody did it back then. That's how we did it back then. We didn't know no better. We didn't know any better back then. Okay, that was then. What you going to talk about now? You can't hold on to the back then. Let the back then go. Back then, we didn't treat kids with respect because we felt like kids should be uh, seen and not heard. But now it's a space of accountability. Have a conversation with your children. And you cannot have a conversation with your children when everything that comes out of your mouth is screaming and yelling and telling them they're not anything and calling them things and saying things to them and then saying, well, I'm always here if you need me. Have you really made a space for them to come to you when they need to, when nothing is happening? Because they're not going to come to you when something is happening, when you've already made it a, such a strain for them to be in your presence. You can't rely on the then. You got to let the then go. Let then go. Let it go. I had to let some things go. I had to stop going into therapy talking about what everybody else did because then I had to get down to the nitty gritty. But what did I do? What was my part? You shouldn't have said that. So you said it wrong and then they responded to you and now you want to be mad because they shouldn't have responded to you. That's not how life works. And I had to be accountable to me first. Instead of pointing out all the things, listen, I have a thousand and one things. If I wrote a list of the things that people had done, I probably would be dazed. I could make up a list. I promise you I could. But while I'm making that list, somebody else is making a list somewhere about me. I can be just as much as a toxic person as the people that were toxic to me. So what do I do? I work on making sure that I don't, I'm not toxic. Making sure that I take accountability for my actions because I can't live on back then. What used to be acceptable back then is no longer acceptable right now. What used to be acceptable how you raise kids is not acceptable now. We're not all beating our kids. I'm sorry to say. We're, I'm sorry to say. Everybody's not beating down their kids. Right. And not because they don't believe that they need correction, but because there are other ways of teaching your kids that they shouldn't do something right or wrong. Right. And I'm not saying I've never popped my kids, but I'm telling you right now, I've never beat them. Not to that extent. Not to that extent. And I actually got to the point where I said, I'm no longer doing this <clears throat> because I did it because that's how I was raised. Right. Then I was like, what am I doing? Because I'm not, 
you're not getting a result. You you hitting hitting a kid to me. This is my personal opinion. You do what you want to do. Don't come on this thing talking about, you know, you telling me how to raise my kid and tell me I'm bad raising my kid. I didn't say those words. I never insinuated those things. I'm telling you what works for me and what works for my household. And I know for me, I had to take a step back. Like, does this actually work? Are we just conditioned to do certain things because we used to do it? That's that holding that back then stuff. Because back then we used to take kids and bust them upside their head. You can't bust your kid up upside the head right now. You will go to jail. And that's where you should be. That you can hear me. You can quote that. You should be in jail if you busting your kids up upside the head. Oh, back in the day, we used to do this and do that. You can't used to do that no more. This ain't the used to do time. This is the right now time. And right now there are governance and laws and kids and people are no longer turning a blind eye when they see a child come to school with bruises on them and acting like they don't see it. They see it and they're calling the people and you going down. As you should, as you should, people are no longer accepting the back then, you know, we used to tell our, we used to, we couldn't say, we couldn't speak up to our parents and tell them that I don't feel like that's right. And that you're wrong. That was back then you can be mature now and have a respectful conversation and respectfully decline that whatever somebody is telling you, you don't receive. You can respectfully do that now. Well, back then we used to just eat whatever we, our kids had to eat everything off their plate. Everybody don't like the same things. That's why God gave us individuality, right? So no, I'm not making several meals. I'm making one meal and it's something you don't like, then that's fine. But I'm not forcing my kids to, you got to make them eat certain things. Now I will do certain things if they, if I know that they eat it, they like it and they playing with me, that's different. But you know, you got to eat everything. No, when we go to somebody's house, you got to eat whatever they put on your plate. No, when somebody goes to put something on your plate that you don't like saying, please, no, thank you. I don't care for that. Tell them once. And I've told my kids, tell that adult once. And if they don't hear you that one time, then that's when you come see me. Don't argue with no adults. Don't argue with no adults. Tell them once and then come see me. Then I, they can explain to me why they thought that hearing you wasn't of respect enough. That's where we're at right back then we did certain things back then we didn't question what the pastor said because whatever the pastor said was was god given but we know that the pastor is not right and so we're not going to just continue walking into that space right now like we did back then back then when i was a young girl back then nobody questioned what the pastor said everybody the pastor said even when it didn't make no physical sense you know it i know it the people who went to church with me know it didn't make no sense nobody questioned it but right now people who are over our souls that are supposed to govern us have to be accountable there was a pastor on tiktok that was taking all the money and spending it and doing all stuff wrong and people are like absolutely not because accountability is in the in this in the building right now it's in the building it's in the space it's in the atmosphere it's on this earth you can't live in the back then you got to talk about what's happening right now we can't parent our kids the same way we did back then our kids have way more triggers and things that they're dealing with right now that parenting works we use parts of it that work for us and then we add the new things not because we're saying our parents are bad but because we have to raise our kids for right now they're going to school where they're most likely to get shot at every single day i can't parent them like i did my like my parents did me and think that that's going to hold 
They're going to school where my daughter is in high school and they're smoking weed in the bathroom right now. You think I got time to be tiddling wink with them and not being there to support my child and not showing up for her and not letting her know that she's loved and she don't got to go through all these different things. I can't parent like I like they did back then. I got to parent for right now. And when people, especially older people hear that, they get upset in their spirit. Oh, you too good. You think we're bad. Nobody is calling you anything. I personally say thank you to my parents for how they raised me, whether good or bad. I, I, I thank them because I am who I am partly because of them. Some of those things were great and some of those things not so great. And I, that's my opinion, but I'm not shitting on my parents just because of what they did from back then. But for right now, there are aspects where I have to make a difference where my kids come. I got to make a difference where my parent, my kids come into play. I got to make a difference. So I got to add some things that maybe weren't acceptable back then. Stop living in the back then. Use some of those things that happened back then, but you got to be able to live in the world for right now. What are you doing for your right now? Back then, we weren't allowed to go to therapy, but therapy is almost available online and all different places right now. You can't live in where we weren't allowed to talk and tell our business. Yes, back then, you couldn't go tell people your business. And let me just say to that, FYI, a lot of times some parents that said you couldn't tell their business was because 90% of them was abusing about 30 and about 90% of them was abusing their kids anyway. And I know it for a fact. Because even in my circle, if we went to the, if we would all went to the police and told the police 90% of the stuff our parents was doing, our parents would probably just be getting out of jail right now. I'm just telling you the truth. And my parents and other parents' parents ain't got to like it. But if you compared it to right now, imagine most of these parents wouldn't make it. But you can't rely on you couldn't go and talk to somebody about the things that were going on in your heart and your mind. You can't carry that trash can of foolishness from your past into your future. You cannot carry the, it can't, it can't go, but you still bring it along like Erica Badu, bag lady. You're going to miss your bus. You're going to miss your bus carrying all them bags like that. Ma'am, sir, whomever you are that you're listening to this conversation, this is a conversation for you. Stop caring about the stuff that happened back then. And I'm not saying caring is C-A-R-I-N-G. I'm talking about carrying the stuff from back then into your right now. Right now, you might need to see a therapist. Right now, you might need to get medication. Right now, you might need to go and forgive the people who harmed you because carrying that pain into your future is not helping you. You're showing up in your presence carrying the things that happened in your past and the people that are in your presence are not able to see the real you because you haven't let some things go from back then it's time to let the back then stay back there take the good parts with you and move forward and that's hard to do I will be the first to tell you it's hard. When I first started going to therapy, my therapist was throwing things at me. I almost was ready to square it with the therapist because when somebody hits you with the truth and you're not ready, it hurts. It stings. You get defensive. You clam up. You don't want to go back. You do all these different things. But I had to come to the rubber had to meet that road. And when it did, I had to say, ouch, that's me. And what can we do to fix this? And I had to still use those same skills now. Do you know how many times I'm somewhere and my frustrations and the things that are going in my head and my heart are happening all at the same time and I'm at an event? I can't scream out, but I can use certain tactics to get me through until I can get home and cry maybe sometimes or write in my journal and release that or do whatever skills that I've learned in therapy to help me because I can't live back then for right now. I can't. Not everything can go. 
and not everything's going to go in my future. There's going to be some things I'm doing right now that will be considered the back then. And when that happens, I got to change. We are all should be able to change, but some of us are not coachable because we don't want to hear the things that we've done wrong. And then when we hear the things that are done wrong, instead of saying, I'm sorry, we say things like, whatever, whatever. You say those things because you don't want to address the fact that that is you because you don't want to be met. You talk about, you want to be better. You want to make changes, but you don't. And so you don't make the changes. You just literally don't do it. Stop staying in the back then get to the right now because you deserve your, your presence deserves the best of you. Your presence deserves the best of you. So you can't do the back then. I need you to come with the right now. So the national holidays was how I celebrated life. I find something good in every single day. I've had bad days. Um, yesterday I had this crazy day where everything in this possible could go wrong. I still had a good day. I had a great day. I was cheerful. I was happy. I was genuinely just giddy, but I had crazy things happening. But I no longer allowed it to get to the point where it made my day bad. And I'm talking about crazy things off the wall that probably would have taken me out back then. <laughs> Don't take me out right now. And that's the joy that I see when I see the change in me. I can walk up to family members that I've hurt or hurt me. And I don't have to hold the grudge about what happened back then because I'm moving forward. And in my presence, I don't even have that in my thought process anymore. It doesn't really come up unless somebody brings it up. And if they do, I talk about it. And if not, I don't. But my presence can't hold on to the things that happened to my past and my future. The future me definitely don't have time for it. She barely has time for the stuff that for stuff right now. I don't have time for that in my future because I'm building my future right now, right now, not the stuff back then. And I know the stuff back then is hard. I know the back stuff back then is deep and I know the stuff back then is heavy, but I had to go and get whatever I needed, the tools I needed to get. And I'm encouraging you to get whatever tools that you get and stop telling yourself that you're not worthy to get these tools because you're supposed to be able to pray it off and you're supposed to go to church and believe God and you're supposed to have faith. You still have faith just because you go to therapy. You still have faith just because you go and get medication. You still believe God even because, and in spite of the fact that you need extra tools, those are the tools that God made. And I want you to tap into them. I want you to get to them. I need you to get a hold to them because you can't live in back then. Your presence needs you. Your children need you. Your sisters and your brothers, your family need you. Your community needs you. And they can't see you because of all the stuff that you're holding on from back then. And yes, it's hard. I'll be the first to say, I've said it no more times on this podcast today and even on the past episodes. And if there's plenty of episodes where I talk about my own mental health journey, please go listen to that. But I'm telling you right now, your presence needs you right now to get over these things and not just to get over them, not to just get over them, to go through them one more time so that you can go through them and release some things about it so you can be present right now. The future you is going to be much better because of the work you're doing right now to let go of some things that happened in the past. And it's not that you're going to never remember them, that you just won't have the much sting as they used to because you're processing them. You're processing them. And if in your processing, you decide that you don't longer want to have certain relationships with certain people, I've done the same. I don't have the same level of relationship with people anymore. And that's okay. I don't. And I don't want to. And why? Not because of what they've done or what I've done, but because it no longer warrants. That's just not a part of my life anymore. I probably have physically, I probably see my friends more than my family. And it's not because I'm anti-family. I watched a lot of people have said they've emailed. And I'm like, are you anti-family? No, I'm not anti-family. I'm just saying that our family is our breeding ground. And sometimes our family can be the place where we get the hurt the most because we've been around them the most. And so sometimes you have to heal from that. And sometimes God will remove you from them just temporarily or for a long time. This is why people have the no contact. Some people don't have the time to entertain 
um, mama and daddy and auntie and so-and-so being reckless and then taking that recklessness out on their kids. So they remove themselves so they can have some peace on this earth. Because again, earth may be ghetto, but we ain't got to live on our personal hells. I'm not going to do it. Let's try to work through the things from back in the day, from back then. And let's work on our right now so we can be better for our future self. Thank you for listening to this week's Conversations with Toy. I hope something landed. I hope something resonated with you. I hope you felt some release. Um, the stories that I talked about today, please go into your own research. Look at it for yourself because there's a lot of details with like the Diddy New Cases. There's a lot of details about the Jason Lee drama that he has ensued upon himself by calling uh, Jennifer Hudson illiterate. My God, this is ridiculous. Please go and check out the Beyonce movie for yourself and formulate your own opinion. If you say eh, it was all right, that's fine. But take the lessons that she talked about in there. If nothing else, look for the nuggets of knowledge because rather whatever field you're in, you may need it. I promise you, you might. And then when the Color Purple movie comes out, make sure that you go and get your coin, get your money, get your tickets, go buy you some popcorn, go ahead and up large yourself, large me up, do all those things and get ready for an amazing experience. I promise you, you your money will be well spent. It would be an outing that you need. And especially during the holidays, holidays is already hard. People are already struggling. If you know of someone who doesn't have somebody to spend with and you can afford to bring them into your fold, bring them into your fold. I promise you, you will make somebody's day. You will make somebody's day by just remembering them. Send somebody a card. I know we text people. I know we don't believe in cards. Cards is my love language. I send cards out for a lot of different reasons. But send somebody a handwritten note just to let them know you love them. If you can do that for me, for two people, two people that you know, I want you to do it. I also want you to just send out, when you're walking around, just have a couple of cards, write some notes, message on there, some generic messages of encouragement and give them out to a few people. I do it all the time. I keep cards in my purse. I'm just like that. That's just what I do. But I'm encouraging you to do the same so you can shed some light to somebody because you never know who you may entertain. You never know what love you may give to somebody else that can make a difference. I've heard stories of people literally breaking them, breaking that old stuff from that back then because some stranger showed them and told them that they were worthy because they didn't hear it from their mother. Right. I've had people say that, you know, they were needing to like hear from their father that they were good and somebody they didn't barely know came and said those words to them and it met. It, it almost healed the, that broken place in them. Encouragement and love goes a long way. And you are capable of not spending a lot of money, but I mean, making an impact on this earth to just one or two people. You have done what you came to do that day. I want you to think about that. This is why you got to be careful about the things that you say, because you can love on somebody and, and, and heal a place in them. And you can also break somebody and break them in a place and you got to be held accountable for that what you gonna tell god when you go to heaven you're gonna say well i don't you know i ain't know like you think that's going to be acceptable because you are responsible for the words that you put out you are responsible for it so when you go to make a comment about somebody's child and you say those things you're held accountable you're responsible you're accountable to that when you go to break your spouse because your spouse didn't do what you want to do and you berate them and treat them like a child, you are responsible for your words. You can't go to God and say, well, they didn't do this and I told them to do this 20 million times. God's going to say, okay, but that's a grown person. That's a person. Why did you say that? Why did you treat them that way? I didn't tell you to treat them that way. You didn't say you were going to, when you went to the, to the altar and you said you were going to love and care for them, did you also sign them up to be rated, to talk down to them, to disrespect them, to put your hands on them, to mistreat them? Because you are responsible and accountable for that. 
I tell people all the time, I'm responsible and accountable. So when I'm having a moment with my kids, I think about what my moment with them means. When I'm chastising, they got to get a punishment. The punishment is a punishment, but a punishment and also breaking them are two different things. You can give a punishment, but you don't got to break a child down just because you're the adult, right? That's what we, that's the type of generations that we used to live in the generations before that. Well, I'm the daughter, I'm grown. I can say what I want. You are 100%. But what a horrible thing to be, to be that adult that felt the need to break a child down because they were smaller than you and defenseless because they can't fight you. They can't do nothing to you and you'll hurt them even further. And you use that to get your way, to break them, to make them do what you wanted to do instead of leading them as a parent should and guiding them. A lot of our parents didn't guide. They made you do, they broke you down. They said things about you. And how are you, you're accountable for all of those things. So thank you for listening to this conversation today. Again, like I said before, I hope something landed for you. I hope something helped you. I hope something healed you. I hope it started some type of conversation within your heart, your mind, and your soul that you can take with you for the week. We'll be back next week. Um, we're going to be talking about the holidays. I wanted to talk about that this episode, but as you can see, we didn't go there this week, but we're going to talk about the holidays, some things that I do for my mental health that I hope will help you as you guide yourself throughout this season. Um, please put a budget in your spirit, put a budget of your time. Um, you can't give your time to everybody. So don't, you can't give your resources away to everybody. So don't, if you have to max out a credit card to buy something for somebody, it's probably a sign that you don't need to buy it for them and you probably shouldn't. Okay. Have a good Friday and thank you for listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.